بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين وصلى الله على نبينا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه وسلم in the name of Allah the most beneficent the most merciful I testify that there is no true God worthy of worship except Allah and that Muhammad is Allah's true slave and messenger may Allah sallallahu alaihi wasallam be upon our noble prophet his household and the noble companions and those who follow on their path until the day of resurrection. We continue the explanation of Salah, the explanation of the manner of prayers, and we have finished the explanation of Tashahud. We finished the explanation of the meaning of the uh, statement of Tashahud. Now, following the Tashahud, the believer invokes Allah regarding all that which he loves to invoke him or whatever he likes because in the hadith of Ibn Mas'ud radiallahu ta'ala anhu concerning the tashahud he said ma then he may choose of the dua whatever he wishes. Now, if there is a certain form of dua, then sticking to it is better. Then afterwards he may do whatever he wishes in terms of whatever he likes to ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. From the Du'as that are known and mentioned from the du'as that are known is the hadith in which the du'a of Allahumma a'inni ala dhikrika wa ala shukrika wa ala husni ibadatik O Allah, help me to remember you and to praise you and to thank you and to conduct the worship in the best way worshipping you in the best way <coughs> so I will repeat inshallah from the known du'as that came in the sunnah is the following du'a is the following dua Allahumma a'inni ala dhikrika wa ala shukrika wa ala husni ibadatik O Allah help me to remember you to perform your remembrances and to be thankful to you and to conduct my worships in the best way your worship and to conduct the worship Worshipping you in the best way. This is where the Messenger وسلم, commanded Mu'adh bin Jabal radiallahu ta'ala anhu to invoke Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala with this dua at the end of the salah. And in some wordings it came that he commanded him to make this dua during his salah. So if we Consider the different wordings of the narrations. 
then we may conclude that this dua is correctly to be carried before the salam. Before the salam. Why? Because what is affirmed to be after the salam is the remembrance, is a dhikr, remembrance. Because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala stated in Surah An-Nisa, chapter 4, verse 103, When you have finished the salah, remember Allah. So, that which is restricted to be at the end of the salah and being a dua, then this is at the end of the salah before the taslim. Before the taslim. And Sheikh al-Islam, rahimahullah, when he was asked about what is the, uh, the uh, end concerning, what constitutes the end of the salah, uh, he answered to the effect that it is from the salah, the end of the salah, but it is the part at the end of the salah, meaning before the taslim. And whatever <coughs> after the salah, then it is from the remembrance, from the dhikr. And as to the saying of the Prophet alayhi salatu wasalam, to sabbihuna wa tahmaduna wa tukabbirun dubura kulli salah, you make tasbih and praising Allah and make takbir at the end of each salah, this is known to be after salam, by consensus, because this agrees totally with the verse we just recited, فَإِذَا قَضَيْتُمُ الصَّلَاةَ فَذْكُرُ اللَّهِ meaning when you have finished the salah, then remember Allah. So, as to the hadith therefore of Abdullah bin Mas'ud, let him choose from the dua what he wishes, this is at the end of the salah, but before taslim. At the end of the salah, but before taslim. So if someone asks, should I make dua after salam, or should I make the dua before the salam? The answer is, make the dua before the salam. Because this is what the Prophet ﷺ directed us to do. This is what the Prophet ﷺ directed us to do. And secondly, because as long as you are in Salah, then you are conversing with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And if you make the Taslim, then you leave. And making the Dua while you are conversing with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is better than doing this after you finish the Salah. We see, on the other hand, some people, that the moment they finish the Salah, whether it is the Faridah, the Fard, the obligatory one, or the Nafila, the optional prayers, Except that they start making dua immediately. 
this has no basis to it. This has no basis to it. And there isn't a report which we know of, authentic, related to the Prophet ﷺ regarding this. There is one report, however, we need to uh, shed some light on it. And this is Uh, the hadith in al-Bukhari and in Muslim when the kuffar of Quraysh, the pagans put the fetus of a she-camel on the Prophet ﷺ while he was making the prostration while in prostration, in sujood when he made the salam he raised his hands and invoked Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala against them. Here, this may be said to be that he did this because of the situation, meaning to frighten them. Why we say this? Because if he would, if he would have done this during the salah, they wouldn't have known that he is invoking Allah against them. So therefore, the Sunnah explains, the Sunnah, and the Dua is to be performed in accordance with the explanation by Abdullah bin Mas'ud, in the hadith of Abdullah bin Mas'ud, the Dua is to be performed before the Salam, and the remembrances to be done after finishing the Salah. And also in accordance with the verse mentioned earlier from Surah An-Nisa. And in this verse, in Surah An-Nisa, if you contemplate it, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, فَإِذَا قَضَيْتُمُ الصَّلَاةَ فَذْكُرُوا اللَّهِ And when you finish the salah, then remember Allah. And there is no command in this verse to make dua. There is no command in this verse to make dua. Also, it, is, it should be noted that some of the people, or some people, continuously perform dua after each nafil prayer. And they strongly are consistent on this. To the extent that if the prayer, the fard prayer is called, and the person is still performing the nafil immediately after he finishes the nafil prayer and before joining the fard prayer he raises his hand and quickly wipes his face with his hands then joins the prayers and they stick to that thinking that this is an obligatory matter to the extent that you wonder what they are really, are they really making dua? There is no doubt that this has no basis. And therefore the students of knowledge should advise and admonish the people kindly, especially the common Muslims. They should kindly approach them and be wise 
making clear to them that this is this has no basis to it since you if you want to make the dua therefore you should have this dua before you make the taslim this is the legal way from the known dua is that which we mentioned earlier allahumma a'inni ala dhikrika wa ala shukrika wa ala husni ibadatik oh allah help me to make your remembrance and to be thankful to you and to perform the worship of you in the best way and from that also is what the prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam taught Abu Bakr radiallahu ta'ala anhu when he told him, when, when Abu Bakr said Ya Rasulullah O Messenger of Allah علمني دعاء أدعو به في صلاتي He asked the Prophet to teach him a dua so that he can perform it in his salah in his prayers so the Prophet said, told him, قل, say, اللهم إني ظلمت نفسي ظلما كثيرا. Oh Allah, I have wronged myself greatly. ولا يغفر الذنوب إلا أنت. None can forgive the sins except you. فاغفر لي مغفرة من عندك. So forgive me a forgiveness from you. وارحمني and have mercy upon me. إِنَّكَ أَنْتَ الْغَفُورُ الرَّحِيمُ You are the most, the oft forgiving, the most merciful. These two du'as came in the sunnah. However, if the person invokes Allah by other than that, then it is permissible. So therefore the order goes as doing that which came in the sunnah and preferably to make the dua also related to the hereafter, to the matters of the hereafter as he wishes, as he wishes. Question, can the person invoke Allah in this place before Taslim in matters related to this life, worldly affairs? The answer is, it's okay to do that because the dua is ibadah, the dua is worship. And the person has no one to turn to except to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And if the Messenger وسلم, says the closest and most near a person can be to Allah is while in sujood. And while he also وسلم, says as to the sujood 
then make abundant dua because it's truly answerable. And then he says in the hadith of Ibn Mas'ud after mentioning the tashahud, then let him choose from the dua whatever he wishes. And the person does not find himself in a situation more close and nearer to Allah except while in prayers. So how come one says that, come and say for example, no, don't call Allah in matters that are related to this worldly life. This is very remote. This is very remote. And in the hadith, the Prophet ﷺ said, لِيَسْأَلْ أَحَدُكُمْ رَبَّهُ حَتَّى شِسْعَ نَعْلِهِ That the one of you asks or ask Allah, even concerning that, the, even concerning the lace of his shoe. Even concerning the lace of his shoe. And this is a matter of worldly matter. So there is no doubt that the person is allowed to ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala whatever he wishes from the good of this life and of the hereafter. And the most comprehensive dua is to say in this, regarding this matter of this life and the hereafter, is the following dua. رَبَّنَا آتِنَا فِي الدُّنْيَا حَسَنًا وَفِي الْآخِرَةِ حَسَنًا وَقِنَا عَذَابَ النَّارِ O Allah, give us in this world that which is good, and in the hereafter that which is good, وَقِنَا عَذَابَ النَّارِ and save us from the torment of fire of hell. Case or question. Is it permissible to make dua for a person? Or like for example, O oh Allah forgive such and such. Repeat the dua. No, I will repeat it. Rabbana atina fi dunya hasana wa fi akhirati hasana waqina adab al nar. So the question is. Is it permissible to say, for example, O oh Allah, reward such and such person? Now, this is permissible. Because it is affirmed that the Messenger, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, invoked Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for some people and also invoked Allah against some people. He invoked Allah for the oppressed in Mecca. And he invoked Allah against the tyrants in Mecca. However, he, sallallahu alayhi wa forbade to make dua of cursing the tyrants. Dua involving cursing the tyrants. Is it permissible to say, for example, in your dua, غفر الله لك 
such and such, then you name him. May Allah forgive you, you such and such. Some of the scholars are with the opinion that this is a kind of addressing. And addressing someone in the salah is not permissible. Except, they said, except with respect to the Prophet والسلام, when you make salam, you say, As-salamu alayka ayyuhan nabi. Salam be upon you, O Prophet. As to other than him, then you don't use that. On the, on the other hand, some of the scholars went to the opinion that when you say, Allahu laka ya fulan, may Allah forgive you all such and such, while in prayer, it does not sound that you are addressing him, rather, you are making his presence in mind as if he is in front of you. So therefore, it is better so as to get out of the doubt instead of saying, غَفَرَ اللَّهُ لَكْ May Allah forgive you, laka and you. You say, Allahumma ghfir lah, O Allah forgive him. This is, by agreement, permissible. So it is better therefore to say the latter format. Allahumma ghfir lah. Then afterwards, after finishing the dua, the person makes salam to his right. Meaning after the tashahud and after the dua, makes salam to the right and then salam to the left, saying to the right, when he performs the salam to the right, saying, As-salamu alaykum wa rahmatullah. This is to his right. And to his left, Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah. And this is addressing. But this is an addressing taking him out from salah. It is unlike the addressing while he is in salah. Question. Upon whom he is making salam? When the person says, Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah. Upon whom he is making salam? Upon whom he is making salam? The ulama said that if there is a jama'ah with him, a congregation with him, then the salam is upon them. And if there is no congregation with him, then the salam is upon the angels who are on his right and on his left. He says, Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah. We discussed the meaning of Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah in an earlier part of the discussions. Now, if he says, Salamu alaikum, instead of Assalamu alaikum, 
is this sufficient? If he says, Salamu alaykum, without the L, without the L, instead of saying, Assalamu alaykum, he says, Salamu alaykum. The answer is yes. However, the sunnah is to bring the L. So he says, Assalamu alaykum. Now, if he comes in the singular format, if he says it in the singular format, like, Assalamu alayka wa rahmatullah. Assalamu alayka wa rahmatullah. Then this is not sufficient. Because the Prophet sallallahu said, Man amila amalan laysa alayhi amruna fahwarad. Whoever acts or does something which is not in accordance with our matter of deen, then he will have it rejected. And also because of the difference be the existing difference between the singular and the plural format. Now, if he says, on the other hand, Assalamu alaykum, and he stops. He says, if he says, Assalamu alaykum, is this sufficient? There's a difference of opinion amongst the scholars. Some of them consider it to be sufficient. And some say it is not sufficient. Because in the hadith of Jabir bin Samura, may Allah be pleased with him, who said that, I prayed with the Messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, فَكُنَّا إِذَا سَلَّمْنَا قُلْنَا بِأَيْدِينَا كُنَّا إِذَا سَلَّمْنَا That whenever we made the salam, we used to, قُلْنَا بِأَيْدِينَا أَسَّلَامُ عَلَيْكُمْ أَسَّلَامُ عَلَيْكُمْ So they used to point with their hands, أَسَّلَامُ عَلَيْكُمْ أَسَّلَامُ عَلَيْكُمْ And the Prophet ﷺ then forbade them to do that. This was before the forbiddance. So they used to say then, أَسَّلَامُ عَلَيْكُمْ without وَرَحْمَةُ اللَّهِ so this was before the Prophet ﷺ forbade them to point with their hands. So as you see, they concluded, those who said that it is sufficient, that Assalamu alaykum was mentioned without Warahmatullah. So they said that Rahmatullah is a sunnah, but not wajib, not obligatory. So these are the two opinions regarding the saying of Assalamu alaykum, not completing it with the Rahmah, with the Rahmatullah. Now, also another case. Can the person say Assalamu alaykum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh? Assalamu alaykum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. This is also another situation where there is difference of opinion amongst the ulama, rahimahullah. Some are with the opinion that it is better not to exceed with barakatuh. Neither in the first taslim nor in the second taslim. 
the other opinion is that this addition وبركاته, only is permissible to be said in the first taslim but not the second so therefore according to this opinion in the first taslim the person would say Assalamu alaykum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh and in the second salam he would say Assalamu alaykum wa rahmatullah and this hadith has been collected or was collected by Abu Dawood and Al-Hafir ibn Hajar rahimahullah said it's isnad, it's a chain of narration is sahih case would it be sufficient to restrict oneself to one salam would it be sufficient to restrict oneself to one salam one taslim also this is a matter of difference of opinion amongst the ulama rahimahumullah some are with the opinion that it is sufficient because of the general wording in the hadith of Aisha when she said وَكَانَ يَخْتِمُ الصَّلَاةَ بِالتَّسْلِيمِ and he used to conclude the salah with taslim and this is general wording general wording and then one taslim would be fitting to this generality the other opinion that it is not sufficient because the word in the hadith he used to conclude the salah with taslim this refers to the non-taslim and the non-taslim is two instead of one it is assalamu alaykum wa rahmatullah to his right and wassalamu alaykum wa rahmatullah to his left so this is the second opinion from the same hadith you see the deduction how it may differ and they also cited the hadith in Sahih Muslim sufficient for the one of you to put his hands on his thighs and make salam to his brother from his to his right and to his left so they said anything which is lesser than this is not sufficient and also they said that the Prophet ﷺ preserved the two Taslims while in residence and in travel. And also they cited the general hadith where the Prophet ﷺ commanded us to pray as he prayed. Sallu kama ra'aytumuni usalli. Pray as you had seen me praying. So this is the second opinion. The third opinion is sufficient to do one taslim in the nafil but not in the fard. Sufficient to do one taslim in the nafil but not in the fard. In the optional but not in the obligatory. Because of the report in which 
the Prophet والسلام, is mentioned to have done one taslim in witr one taslim in witr and this hadith came in At-Tirmidhi and Ibn Majah and Al-Shaykh Al-Albani rahimahullah sahahahu authenticated it as in Sahih Ibn Majah So these are three opinions. These are three opinions. We summarize them. First opinion that it is sufficient to do one taslim. The second opinion is that it is not sufficient to do one taslim but rather two. The third opinion is that sufficient to do one taslim in nafil but not in fard. But the precautionary thing is to do both. Because if the person does the two, no one from the people of knowledge will tell him your salah is nullified. But if he does only one, some of the people of knowledge will tell him your salah is nullified. And we know that the Prophet ﷺ commanded us to be, to take a precautionary stand in that, in matters where the dalil is not clear. In matters when the dalil is not clear. And this is clear in the hadith reported in Al-Bukhari and Muslim when the Prophet ﷺ said, Al-Halalu bayin. وَالْحَرَامُ بَيِّنْ وَبَيْنَهُمَا أُمُورٌ مُشْتَبِهَاتٌ فَمَنِ اتَّقَى الشُّبُهَاتِ اسْتَبْرَأَ لِدِينِهِ وَعِرْضِهِ وَمَنْ وَقَعَ فِي الشُّبُهَاتِ وَقَعَ فِي الْحَرَامِ That which is lawful is plain and clear and that which is unlawful is plain and clear and between the two of them are doubtful matters about which not many people know. Thus he who avoids doubtful matters clears himself in regard to his deen and his honor. وَمَا وَقَعَ فِي الشُّبُهَاتِ وَقَعَ فِي الْحَرَامِ But he who falls into doubtful matters falls into that which is unlawful. And he وسلم, said دَعْ مَا يُرِيبُكْ إِلَى مَا لَا يُرِيبُكْ Leave that which is <coughs> causing doubt to you, doubtful to you, to that which is undoubtful. So if you bring the second taslim, then you will bring a remembrance which draws you nearer to Allah, and you will be safe from having your salah nullified in accordance with one of the opinions. This brings the end of the Uh, discussion for tonight on Salah described and inshallah ta'ala we will continue what comes next from the Salah and the coming discussions walhamdulillahi rabbil alameen wa sallallahu ala nabiyyina muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa sallam